Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Payoneer a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer with its fast, flexible, secure, and low-cost solutions. Businesses across the world can pay and get paid globally. Visit Payoneer.com now. Also by ChatbotPH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph. Ah, but see, the chase of the struggle is, is the motivation. I think there's, there's a certain level of appreciation wherein the hardships that you face gives you the more creativity to come out sure. and all of that. Welcome to Hustle Share. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baitiong. Welcome to episode 54 of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer, empowering businesses to grow globally. And also brought to you by Caliber, a recruitment platform that enables you to attract, engage, and hire candidates better and faster. Caliber, where jobs find you. 
We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, I'd like to remind you that there's adult language in this podcast, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be talking to a growth hacking legend, and his name is Raymond Villanueva, the VP and business head of PayMaya. And today, Raymond is going to share with us how he started his hustle when he left everything and went to San Francisco and worked odd jobs for two years just so he can get enough experience and get into an MBA program that he was applying for. Raymond's also going to be sharing with us how he was able to triumph beyond all the early struggles he had when he moved to the States that led him to get incredible experiences in jobs that he had in San Francisco. And Raymond's also going to be sharing with us how he left everything again to start from scratch in order to chase the struggle to work in Voyager and work for PayMaya. And this is where it gets interesting as always because he's going to be sharing with us not just tips but also all the tools he uses to grow PayMaya to what it is now. So if you're ready to learn the hustle of growing PayMaya, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are with someone who I fucking look up to so much. Oh, by the way, we can cuss here. Okay. FYI, but I don't cuss it like for, to, to cuss at people. <laughs> so we have somebody who's an expert in a guru over an app that everybody in the Philippines uses. But the, the, the way I love what you guys did here is that it's so homegrown. I've seen this grow from literally an app that does credit cards to now a behemoth that you are. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Raymond Villanueva, Director of Growth and Brand Marketing of PayMaya. What's oh. up? What I up, am what up? very, very honored to be here in Hustle Share. Thank I, you. I'm actually a little scared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I don't bite. I've had, I've done this 53 times. They've all, they're still alive, very good. most of the time. So okay, so Raymond, uh, just like any episode that we do, um, what's your hustle? So right now, I am currently handling all the marketing and growth go-to-market of PayMaya. Um, wow. That is something that is, uh, you know, started from a very small brand. Yep. Uh, we grew it from... Shout out Voyager. Shout out Voyager. There Actually, it's funny. Um, maybe we'll, go, we'll get into it. Um, right. It started off with a different brand name. Oh, what was it called before? Ah, that is actually one of the things that, that's a, a top secret, but Ma- we used to call it MePay. Me pay. Yeah, so me pay, M-E-Pay. Okay. So, kasi medyo feel na feel namin to say <laughs> mobile electronic payments. There you go. So, but that was our very first mistake. And that's something that, that we're very proud of. Um, okay. Actually, all the mistakes that we got through, I, I think that's something that every listener that you have, and it sounds mm-hmm. like you guys have a lot of startup people listening, yep. I think is just powering through. Uh, hopefully thank our you, story you. would be able to get that through. No, and this is very important because we, we always talked about hustle in terms of you know how you got through. But today, obviously, what we're going to be doing a deep dive on 
is marketing. Okay. And growth hacking in deep in a Philippine setting. We've okay. had growth hackers before, but that's in the US. I want to talk about how you do growth hacking here in the Philippines because you've done a lot of your tweaks and whatnot, but man, you, you guys are everywhere. I'm blown <laughs> away. And I'll tell you guys later how I kind of reach out to them because uh, and what that but before that let's ride the hustle share time machine we have a time machine okay. in a mario kart team right here but we'll take a step back and take us through how you started out your hustle personally because um i'm looking through your linkedin again where i'm not being paid i'm just like uh, using it right you studied here in ateneo but you also studied in san francisco Got it. Yep. Bay Area. There you go. <laughs> Yay. No. Yeah. So how did you, um, uh, what was the earliest hustles that you recall doing uh, and whatnot, especially back in Sanfo? So I moved out immediately after college. So, okay. you know, did a small internship in an ad agency. Okay. Ready, fallen in love with, with marketing in general and okay. advertising. So I moved to the U.S. immediately after to pursue my MBA. Okay. What's funny is that when you get there, you... You think that it's just like the Philippines where yep. you come from a prestigious school. Man, nobody knows what Ateneo is. Right. What's even worse is nobody knows what management engineering is. Oh, so wow. I, I completely went back know, to scratch. Back to scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So my very, you know, couple of jobs, you know, under the table accounting. Oh wow. That is my very first job in the in the US. So actually, you're not a CPA. No. You were uh, doing accounting for them. No, because I when I was younger, my mom, uh, who used to run her own business, okay. uh, so I was back in the seventh grade, and okay. she asked me to basically create her books. No way. So seventh grade, first year high school. Instead of playing, you were making <laughs> ledgers. Yeah, her income st statements, oh her balance God. sheets. So, that, so, you know, I wow. never would have thought that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to end up using the exact same skills from wow. that. So wow. I ended up. Which is which is great. I ended up. Uh, oh, these are life skills. Life skills. You don't understand as a seventh grader, like oh, <laughs> uh, my my playmates are playing basketball and I'm playing with your ledger, mama. Yeah. Right. So the bookkeeping of yeah. a lingerie brand. Oh my god. Yeah. The Morgana. 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 Is this still around? Tomorrow? I don't. I don't. I, I don't think so. But okay. you know, she's Brazilian. She brought up lingerie. Wow. I was like, I'm completely in. And then first job, man. Bookkeeper <laughs> in the bay while you're while you're also studying. So that's the thing. It took me two years to get into a program. No way! For two years, you were floating around. I was floating around. How did you get me? Did you have relatives back then? How do you make yeah. ends meet? Okay. So yeah, I had relatives there. Okay. Good support system, but you know me being you mm. know proud guy. Yeah. And, man, it was it was a slap in the face, man. Humbling. I, humbling. Okay. Like, what was the biggest lear learn? Because when uh, when Humble, you eat humble pie. Yeah, you know a lot of those beliefs that you have here. You know when you're swaggering and <laughs> and now you're back to scratch. What was the biggest change of mindset that you you had when you had to two years of odd jobs? Odd jobs. Yeah. yeah. So I would say I came from Ateneo, and you know naman mga Atenistas. Shout out to the Atenistas. I've had there. probably Ateneo is the most well represented school <laughs> in this podcast <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> you're winning man, the UAP. I mean the yeah, yeah fifteen and oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from UST step ladder is gonna happen. Right. It looks like so, you're gonna win again. It's, it's unfair. Anyway, going yeah. back. Right. So when when you get in there, you're so into it, man. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to recruit you. So right. graduating from M E, you know, got 
offers from, you know, the usual banks, you know, some investment banks, some FMCGs. Mm -hmm. You go into another country thinking that you're going to conquer everything. Right. And then you go back to scratch. Oh, They're looking God. for local experience. They're looking mm -hmm. for basically just, you know, you're, you're, you're asking people, you're networking for somebody to give you a shot. Right. So, Because now all of these things that you thought you had waiting for you is gone. It's completely gone. Right. And I think that's the biggest realization is that mm. uh, people, Manilineños, uh, the people right. from Manila, the people with connections, it is very, very difficult to find somebody to interview you. I think that's Even an interview. Even an interview. So discrimination was real, was it? Or it's more, 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 more so? I, I would say it's just the school... Nobody knew what the school was and nobody knew what the course was. So they couldn't pinpoint where to put me. So you were like in purgatory for some reason. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. So and then after I got into, you know, some local experience, I yeah. worked as, you know, Tagafold, H&M. No way. When they opened. So what? Yeah. That's so crazy. It, when H&M opened in San Francisco, signed up. You know, Is got, this the one in Union Square? That's the straight up. Oh, wow. The one across Walgreens. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> by the tram yeah so to, oh to all God. the people visiting back in i would say 20 2006 2007 wow. that was you that was me i was folding right. your clothes the ones that you guys left on the floor stop right. doing that what? <laughs> hey you're gonna be a top level executive in a few years so just keep branding the man yeah So after that, then, you know, I got into an MBA program. I think wow. they just wanted to make sure that I had some local experience to mm. be able to understand what the industry was. Got it. And I got into probation. So my, oh. my MBA degree, right. my first three months was probation because they didn't think I could hack it. No way. And what oh, did you yeah. take up? So I, I took up my MBA uh, specialization in marketing. So I already okay. know what I was going to go for. Um, I already had the math on on track. So I was a mathlete when I was younger. Mathlete. Yeah, complete nerd. There you uh, go. So math came easy. But okay. the art side, the brand side, and, and all right. of these you know things to be able to complete your advertising brand build, okay. I just didn't have enough experience on it. So wow. I focused my whole... I guess MBA career in in that. Okay. But lucky enough, we we lived in the Bay, so okay. the whole digital side was booming during that time right. as well. So the innovation side, the breaking the you know the the blue ocean strategies. Mm. So that was you know very fresh being yeah. taught there. So I, I guess I came in at the perfect time. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you you mentioned also uh, well before recording that you were right smack of in the middle of ad tech and all that back in the day where. It was wild. Well, you're you're in Silicon Valley. Yeah. There's no better place to learn new ma marketing techniques than the Valley when all these amazing startups are being born. Yeah. So my first digital marketing job, some guy Matt Day, okay, Burlingame gave me a shot. Wow. And this is Sanfo still. This is yeah Bay Area. Okay. And he ran a boutique ad agency. And they were wow. servicing Kingston and SanDisk. So very, very tech. Shoot, okay. So yep. hardware. Hardware. Yep. Straight up SD cards. Yep, yep. Uh, came into it, really saw the CPMs. And then for all the marketers out there, you would never hear this again, but we were buying CPMs for $250. 
Okay, so again, for those people who don't understand CPM, it's not cost per mil. It's like a million, ha? Huh? It's cost <laughs> per M I L L E mil. It's a thousand. This thing is the Latin term for a thousand. Cost per a thousand impressions. Yes. Correct. So twenty five CPM. That's fucking expensive. Yeah, two hundred fifty. Oh, twenty fifty. Holy shit. Yeah, I think the average CPM right now is probably around twenty five cents. Twenty five. Yep. Yeah. So right. that is just how nuts it was. Shoot. What and was that for? What CPM for that? It was like brand like banners? Like, banner ads? Oh, yeah. Straight up banner oh ads. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? And they don't convert. People don't click that shit. Oh, but the good thing is back in the day, that was 50% click-through rates. No way. Oh, yeah. This is pre-ad blockers. This is pre-everything. Oh, this wow. is you. It works. You sending an image to the actual website. Right. And they and then embed they, it. They embed and hard code your your <laughs> <laughs> no animation no static animation all static. Oh my god! So that that's where I started off my career. Uh, and what were you doing? You were you the guy placing those looking for those ads to place at? So my my job was I was a media planner and ad operations. Got it. So that was that was fun because I got to see ad tech for what it was okay. and what it could be. Um, even hired a couple of Filipinos to be able to do the graphics for us. Got so, it. you know, got to give back very early in my career, got yeah. some jobs in there. But yeah, it, it was a very, we call it the Wild West, the yep. Wild West of digital marketing. Yep. And the rates were just, you know, anything goes. Crazy. Yeah. Right. This is 2006. It was like, Yahoo was still still king. And I think you did. Yeah, you did Yahoo. I did Yahoo. All right. So after this job, did you do other gigs? Was it all marketing after that? So, you know, after that boutique ad agency, I got into my MBA. Okay. After that, um, I was hired by uh, the Apollo Group. The Apollo Group. What's Apollo Group? So the Apollo Group is the people behind University of Phoenix and all online education. What? Holy shit. So from H&M to Apollo Group yeah. real quick. There's a span of how many years? Only? This is like, within like a year and a half. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, guys, again, the grind. Do you, see, <laughs> do you see the grind here? It doesn't matter where you're at right now. But what you do and what really resonates through is that whether, wherever you are, just keep, just bring it. Because yep. eventually as you hustle, the more you hustle, the luckier you get. The right. skills you learn too. Exactly. And I think everything that you carry on. So University of Phoenix was was crazy. Um, yeah. We were a top five internet advertiser during that time. Like no the media budgets that we had, the advertising budgets that we had was around $30 million per month. Where are you spending that? So <laughs> Google as Google no, ads? No, no, like, there, was, there was no Google ads yet. Oh, shit. This is, this is back in the day we're in. We call it scorch the earth. Scorch. This sounds like a German no, thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> when we say scorch the earth, like every single website, you could see a University of Phoenix ad. And this is not. There's no retargeting yet. No, no, no. This was like straight up start of the technology and all of that. So, so just blitzkrieg and put it everywhere. Put it wow. everywhere. Affiliate marketing deals. Every single deal was on the table. So we were running it on a cost per lead. So the interesting part, that's where I started getting into performance marketing. Got it. Because the metrics underneath it is a cost per lead that ends up to a cost per student enrollment. 
Got it. So in between that, I always had a pair. So I'm the media buyer. I'm the deal maker. I'm okay. the one kind of like doing yep. all of these things to make sure that the mm -hmm. ads go up. Right beside me was a data scientist. Wow. And we did hire data scientists. So, so it's not just all gut feel. There's science behind this. Oh, yeah, there's good. And how's that dynamic? Because, you know, isn't that conflicting given that, hey, this guy just makes it rain all the time. And then you have an alter ego at the back saying, no, 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 you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, what's funny is that, you know, my ME is all about optimization. So we usually end up as, as stockbrokers. Oh. So the digital marketing side that, at least in the U.S., is, is really like a stock market. Got it. So all we do is make sure that the bids that we're doing or the deals that we're making will always back out on the customer lifetime value that we bring. Got it. So the whole thing was to a science. Every wow. single thing that we did. And then obviously, you know, once the ad platform started coming out, right. the formula is already there. Correct. So you, all you're doing is just making sure that it backs out to the formula. Exactly, exactly. Wow. So, I'm just blown away. I've never heard anything as in-depth as this, and we're not even through the first, <laughs> first part. My God, that's crazy. But scorch the earth, well, how was the conversion like, though? Because, I mean, you... You're, you're, you're shotgun. We call it here shotgun approach. Oh, no, right? no. I, how I do you know which one? And you want to see, you, uh, you mentioned optimization. Which one works and how soon do you kill uh, a dead, uh, a dead deal. channel? Yeah, right? so, yeah. you know, that's where it, gets, it got interesting, right? Obviously, okay. as time passed, you know, more and more people got into digital marketing. Right. So the bids were getting a little bit more competitive. Yep. So no one can actually just go into it, right? Right. Now, with that type of media spend. Right you get access to things that you wouldn't even imagine, right? Like? So we were the top advertiser, you know, one of the top five during that time wow. within Yahoo, Google, you know. So all the ad tech that we wanted, they were experimenting on, a, on us. So wow. before the word programmatic. You got first dibs. We got first dibs because they didn't even know how to use it. My God. So all the algorithms, they were actually refining it on us because the thing about algorithms is you need enough data to be able to get a predictive model underneath it. So that's why, you know, somebody with that much media spend, and I was managing around two to three, four million dollars per month of media spend. What? That's an NBA contract right there. <laughs> that's the salary of us. NBA role player. Yep. Oh my God. And you're spending that in a month. In a month. And here is, you know, guy, immigrant, you know, yeah. you know coming in. And Dude. I think my ability to speak in, in numbers really helped a lot. Got I think it. because it was really all on the numbers and obviously mm -hmm. the creative optimization started coming in and, yeah. and the media channels. But, you know, that's, that's where it started from. You know, Got the it. performance marketing. So I would say that was a purest performance marketing that I would ever have seen. Absolutely. Then you jump ship. Now, before we take a break, you jump ship to Yahoo. Yeah. You went to the other side where all these algorithms are being made. How oh. did that happen and what okay. was the perspective now? Because it's easy to bid and it's like, all right, I want this, I want this, I want this. And now you see everybody bidding. Yep. How was that like and what was that for you? So the main reason why I jumped ship was I started realizing that the Congress on online education, the U.S. Congress was cracking down on that industry. Uh, I didn't even know that that industry was actually putting people into uh, into debt. No so, way. so it was a very heavy diploma mill. 
got it. I, I still yeah, respect student loans yeah, and all yeah, these yeah, things. So I still respect the the industry. I actually think that online education there's a future for it. Absolutely. I think you know doing it for profit is a little bit of a you know misnomer a little bit. So true, it's true. somewhere in between. So. Yeah. Uh, the moment they found out that I was out just because of a moral issue, uh, wow. I just I just didn't you know. Feel you didn't believe it anymore, right? I yeah. I'd be extremely uncomfortable if somebody that. says that your business is just putting more people into debt. And I, that's a big issue in the U.S. Oh yeah, where you know people take decades to pay their student loans. Yeah, and imagine doing it in a degree that is less recognized because True. it was an online degree. And at the end of the day, now you just got, you dug yourself a deeper hole. Yeah. So moved out. <laughs> wow. Lucky enough that I, I, you know, broke so many of their technologies that Yahoo recruited me. Wow. You hacked it literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So with enough media spend, you're like, oh, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I, I really want to make sure that I secure wow. this. I want my media. I want this set of inventory where I get first dibs. Yeah. You and then fucking four million dollars to spend. Yep, and they better open up the floodgates <laughs> and the special bag at the back that they don't get to see. So that's right? where that's the whole programmatic marketing. That's the genesis of it. Wow, that's where it all started. Where it is a select inventory, wherein people got first dibs on it. Got it. And it uses technology. And to you now it. know it exists. And now I know it exists. And now, when you went to the other side. Yeah, I bet your ass you got to see more. I did. Oh, publisher side. Publisher okay. side, publisher side. So Ooh. I was straight up client side for a while. Okay. And then jumping into publisher side, you then see what the other advertisers were doing. And maybe this is me right. you know, coming into my own. And I just right. realized yeah. like, I was touching way too much of their strategies. Ah, that, that was like okay. That's not how you do it. You should change your creative into got this. It, it. That the salespeople didn't really appreciate that as much, obviously, right. because you're you're really supply fulfillment. But mm -hmm. I I I would say that's where I kind of was like maybe publisher side isn't for me. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, the good thing is right after that, I graduated from my MBA, and then you know the calls started to come. Got and it. That's where I moved into the gap. Okay, now before we talk about that, let's take our first break and let's talk about that more after the break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. 
Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Raymond Villanueva of Paymaya, who then, before the, before the break, said that he went to Gap. Uh, of all the places, these are H&M, Gap. Oh, my God. These are great. <laughs> these are, it's not cheap, huh, by the way. <laughs> these are, they have really nice clothes. So with Gap, what was your role, your product manager and marketing manager? What was that like uh, in, in, in when you jumped ship? So... Funny enough, Gap was in their third or fourth year of their digital transformation. Got it. So the guys from the Gap, I, I do have to respect those guys, you know, Art Pack and you know, Toby Lank. Yep. They they basically said that we're going to do 10 years. We're going to create a separate company. Wow. So that we can innovate and pursue digital. So to those that are wow. really pursuing digital transformation, um, they decided that since they were successful, okay. they couldn't innovate from within. So they, they had to go out. They, they carved a separate company, like a fourth company. Wow. To pursue e-commerce and digital And what was innovation. it called? And what did it do? So it was called GID. GID. Yeah, so it's Growth, Innovation, and Digital. What? Uh, so this within Gap? This is within Gap. What? So Gap, Gap has, you know, Gap, as a brand, yeah. a company, Banana Rep as a brand and right, company, right. and then Old Navy as a brand and company. Right. Then there's the fourth company, which is GID. GID. And wow. then what they did was you have 10 years to build this before you guys get sucked in back to the, to, to the mothership. Right. I entered in, we, I think, year four or five wow. of that Halfway journey. Halfway through. Halfway through. So okay. I wouldn't say I was a driver in his. Right, 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 right. I was primarily a yeah, cog. Yeah, but you're right smack in the middle, though. Yeah, I was, okay. a, I was a cog. So okay. what they were doing during that time was they were able to set up the technology, the e-commerce, you know, back and forth. You know, and this was pre-Amazon, the, the Amazon oh, that no. we know now. Yeah, pre-Amazon, but Amazon was already strong during this time. Got it. So okay. when we entered, I was their job, our job, okay. since I came from Apollo Group and we ran all our digital marketing in-house, right. was to build their own digital marketing in-house in the gap. Wow. So that was my job. I was okay. really just doing the exact same thing that I was doing mm. in, in Apollo Group. Got Obviously, it. with you know a tenth of the budget. <laughs> yeah, not four, four million dollars. You kidding? You can start fund a startup. That's a Series B round. Probably fund a country. <laughs> exactly. My goodness, University of Phoenix. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> well, yeah. 
with with tenth of the budget, what was that? Was it less constrained? Constrained? I mean, no, more it, constrained, or do you become more creative? No, so actually, the the funny thing about the gap, um, mm. what was carved out was also the direct mailing company. So all of the direct mail and all of that. So all Mm. of the customer data was brought into the new company. So it's the exact same thing that you hear corporations do. I have so much customer data. What do I do with it? Right. So they thought of it. They said, you know what? Let's put it in a separate company. Let's build something out of it. Let's make it usable. Um, It was already usable because they were sending direct mail. So they already knew the return on ad spend when they send mail. So the signs was already there. Wow. So I came in and just digitized or, you know, created a new channel and being able to do that with banner ads and and search. So I was really running search and display. SEO or SEM? SEM. So I was on all on the paid side. Uh, First two years, a year and a half doing that. You know, ended up running, including the global side of it, you wow. know, Japan what? and all of that. Got it. Got so, it. but in reality, we were just making sure that Japan e-commerce wasn't burning so much money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. So okay. sounds like a, sounds like a startup to okay. me. <laughs> yep. Just keeping it in check. Just keeping right. it in check. And right. then my, my product experience in Yahoo. So I was actually a product person there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was bringing in this new way of being able to make data usable. So my whole experience was use digital, whatever CRM data a company has. Got it. And make it fluid enough so that it goes into the ad platforms. Got that it. was my specialization. That, 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 was, that was purely it. How do you go through that? And I guess my question would be, what skills do you have to learn? Because someone was listening to this, hey, I want to learn growth hacking that way, or I want to implement that into my startup. What skills do you have to do? Because you came in from doing ledgers and bookkeeping, and now you've acquired, you know, to, to ad placement. Now you've been on the other side, publisher side. Yeah. And then you now wear the product hat. Yep. So what what skills are these and what do you need, how do you learn them? So I would say the the US part of it, the technologies already exist. You just Got have it. to select the right partner, you have to select the right people and you have to listen to what they say. Okay. Um interestingly enough in the Fortune 500, they come to you, right? Of course. So I I think it's not a real skill. I, I'm going to be the first one to admit that I was just lucky in the right place at the right time. But so. that's also a skill. You can't just <laughs> you can't just be right there. It's not there's no such thing as chamba, right? It's it's you know it's 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 intentional that you you get to those in, uh, opportunities because the opportunities are also a byproduct of your hard work and your hustle. No, I I I'm always gonna be a big believer of that. Actually, right. that's the whole hustle part is what I learned here in the Philippines. Now. Okay, now let's talk about that. Uh, yeah. Why did you come back? You were doing well. Oh. And most people that leave the country, from what I hear, they don't want to come back. Why did you come back? I turned 30. And I, I actually promised myself, yeah. you know, whenever I go to the U.S. to take my, my MBA and my further studies, I always had a plan to go back. But my career kind of took off and, and I was lucky in the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. As, as you said, it's, it is intentional, but yep. you know, maybe I, 
somebody was shining a light on me saying, yeah. Divine intervention. Oh, no, but you know, there was, there's some struggle in between. I think the, the funny thing about struggle is it teaches you to be really creative. I was sleeping off a couch for two years. So I, 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 I would never, ever discount the fact that, you know, the, the, the struggle and the hustle, it really gives you that energy that it almost is addictive. So I'm, I'm actually chasing the struggle. So yeah. that, because that's where you grow the most. But anyway, going back, uh, I promised myself that I was going to try to go back to the Philippines to do and, and give back. Uh, wow. As cheesy as it says, you know, as, as it sounds, that right. giving back is was important. Maybe Ateneo did a really good imprint on us. There you uh, go, MDG. <laughs> <laughs> really good imprint on us hey, that, that Saint, everybody will end up Saint going Ignatius, back. Ignatius, yes. good job. <laughs> <laughs> so right. just without any job offers, I packed my bags, I sold my cars, sold Whoa. some of the property, and then just went back home. Just hopped on the plane and went back home. That is crazy. Yeah, no, it uh, is scary. Yeah, I can just imagine. Oh, it, it was because <laughs> oh let's just God. say that when you say you're comfortable in the U.S. and and you are, you know, I guess taking care of Gap, one of the best employers, I would say. Wow. People stay there for 15 years on average. So wow, that's a lifespan. Of that's a lifespan wow. of employee there. So I, wow. one of the best places to work, I would say. Um, but when you when you go back, it's it's there's a little bit of drugs. crazy in you for you to fucking <laughs> leave a, a company like that and leave everything, start again from scratch. Starting again from scratch, and that's what I said. It's it's chasing the struggle. I, I know it's a very very difficult concept because yeah, it, it's addictive, right? Because people here are chasing majority of the time for a comfort. <laughs> wow, you're you're doing the opposite. And when you came came back, why? How did you get into Voyager? Ah, okay. So and, uh, I'm pretty sure with your resume, dude, you can pick and choose the, 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 with what you can bring. You know, people would fucking pay top dollar to just even have you as a consultant, more so full time. Yeah. So resume was was strong going back, and yeah. and maybe by design a little bit, maybe by you know luck. Yeah. But digital marketing was actually starting off in this country during that right. time. You know, the big buzzword during that time when I entered here 2015, 2014 yeah. was big data. Big and data. Everybody was saying big data. And yep. I lived big data. So right. lucky. So got in few companies here and there. Really big offers. I'm not going to mention those names. Yep. But it's there was one company that allowed me to take a bet on myself. So the only reason, and I, I, I took a massive, I took a four-level pay cut. Wow. When I say a four-level pay cut, it's not even the, the, the range of amount, right? So that's, that's irrelevant. It's right. more from, I came from an associate director, and I went back to manager. Oh, my God. Four levels down. Dude, you're crazy. I'm just going <laughs> to say this. You fucking left everything. And you, four level, dem, sort of like demotion per se, yeah. but it's not really a demo, but Oh my God! No, and the reason and the range of pay also was I well, proportionate yeah. to that too. So a fifth, right? What the fuck? Are you kidding me? Yeah, but it was interesting because they were the only ones, and and this is Voyager, and and thank okay. God for Mitch Padua for allowing me. He's actually he's Shut the one up. that I re- <laughs> Mitch. You know. Thank you, uh, Bindo, wherever you are now. <laughs> yeah, shout out to. So when he yeah. when 
his check was like, does this guy really know Facebook ads and Google ads? Right, that, was, right. that was my interview. But uh, they were the only company that allowed me to build marketing the marketing team my way. Because God. my experiment was, we're going to build an internal agency where we're going to run everything from within. Wow. So that's Voyager. So they were the only ones that gave me that freedom. And then the other guys was, you know, the usual, you know, head yeah. this type of business unit, do, you know. Right, do, right. Yeah. There's so many shackles in the yeah. corporate ladder and whatever fucking structure they have. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, my God. And But that might be the most liberating thing, too. In a blue ocean where nobody does it right. Yep. At yeah. a scale that you've seen. Yep. And it was a risk. Right, you know, obviously Voyager is an experiment of all experiments. Right. right, it the the reason I got attracted to it was it was the exact same format of what Gap did. Wow, so they, just they, a local Gap Voyager. Yeah, no, no, no. There they, you go. They they carved the company out of a very successful company like Smart. Right, to be able to pursue innovation. Exactly, and that's what Gap is. It used to be an R and D, and I became marketing person number one. Wow. See, here's an anecdote. They even put me under customer insights to not show that I was a marketer. What? So my hiring job was a customer insights consultant. What? <laughs> so that, that's, that's where it came. And then yeah, from it, there, we got recognized uh, to be able to do go-to-market for, for the products that, you know, Cinemitch were building. Right. And again, credit to Voyager. I've had, um, I know several founders that came from the Voyager f- program yep. or once Voyager employees were doing well, you know, Abby Victorino or Abby Mendoza, whatever you call your name. <laughs> um, she's doing Style Genie. Yeah. Val Balase did Pikau. Yeah. Didn't pan out quite well, uh, but now she's the head of like, transformation. JG Summit. JG Summit. JG My Summit. goodness. Voyager alums. And, right. and I, I say we, we got it from our founder, right? Got this it. guy is a serial entrepreneur. Like if, you guys have, if you guys have a yeah. chance to meet Doive, uh, I've been trying to get him on the show. This oh, is my week. I'm like, sure. I'm sure we can manage that. Oh, I'm sure we shoot! Can manage thank that. you, thank you. I'd love story, to have him. The stories that he he does in it, it's nuts, right? Like you, you, I'll I'll do a peek of what he does, right? Sure. When when Doi says, "I want a product launch," you know, three products launch every hundred days. What? <laughs> that was three months. No, of course, you know that's that's an exaggeration, but that was the point, right? Three products launched every hundred days, and that used to be our frequency, only to accomplish one thing. He wanted people to stop thinking in scarcity and start thinking in opportunity. Wow! It is a way. It it's it's a cultural thing that he forced to be able to free the minds of the people inside Voyager to start thinking and pursuing and, you know, capping off every opportunity. And I, I think that's one of the craziest things. Of course, when we were there, it's like, boss, 50 lang tayo dito. Bakit naman ganun? But wow. again, when you're looking back, you're just like, I get it everybody's mind suddenly unlocked and everybody was just chasing every, every opportunity out there. So let me just put things into perspective who this guy is and what he's <laughs> founded. First one, the biggest one that he's probably known for is Smart. He's the founder of Smart. Second one, he's founded 
Signal. Oh, if you're not watching the NBA, come on, Signal, work hard. We want the NBA back. God damn it. Mom so, Jane, kaya mo yan. <laughs> I don't know if you just gotta touch Adam Silver's head, but we gotta get it back. I don't want to pay for league pass. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that that was the part of it, part of the process. Right. Part of the process just to get all the innovations out. And then after a while, he set his mind to say that Yep, we're having a hard time launching these products using, I guess, the existing infrastructure. Okay. Let's launch it ourselves. Thus, I was lucky enough to get in there. How did you build your team? You said you had that freedom. Yep. Now, the key is yours. What did you do and what was the culture that you built it on? Because you had ownership, Yeah. which is what you wanted. Just technically entrepreneurship, the yep. way you want to call it, right? How did you build this and what was the tenets? Who were the first hires you get? Yeah, so I had a headcount of negative five. <laughs> what does that negative five mean? That means I didn't have any headcount whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> I was I was headcount negative one. And okay. then I was able to hire like four people. I started off with a creative director. Okay. Um, one graphic artist, just to be able to get the creatives yep, yep. up and running. And then hired a performance marketer, somebody who understood at least what I was talking about. Got it. And all the jargon is not like, And yeah, all yeah, yeah. the jargon. Yes, and all the jargon. Yes, I will stop talking jargon, but yeah. No, um, we don't worry. If he, he does share, <laughs> share jargon, there's show notes on hustleshare.com. So if you like, you have, you can't Google it, just Google, go to hustleshare.com and click it. It's there. Yeah, so two performance marketers, okay. two creatives, myself, um, and we were just the, the launch team. Every single app, every single product, Put it together, launch it. Put it together, launch it. Brand wow. DNA. So my experience on product actually really helped because at the end wow. of the day, it's not about the technology. And I, I would always keep repeating this to all the founders out there. Never fall in love with the technology. Fall in love with the customer insight and the customer problem that you're trying to solve. It is always starting from that so whenever we start a product or a service we always go back what are what exactly are we trying to solve and then we simplify it with you know what's the three reasons to believe to do that got it that simplified formula allowed us to launch product after product after product and we launched a lot and we failed a lot got it but there's (laughs) just one product that really broke through and it's called the bird tweet tweet (laughs) there's this bird that everybody knows now is a green bird, some Maya, right? But how did PayMaya come about and what were you guys doing? Because as far as I can remember, this was supposed to be an e, a virtual credit card. That was the value proposition you were p- putting in, in before. And I was like, shoot, I didn't have a credit card. I was fucking 25, 26. It's so hard to get a, a credit card approved by a bank. Yeah. So hard. But what was the value proposition? How did you guys grow PayMaya? So actually PayMaya is the second brand. Ah. I was just mentioning earlier, the first brand that we ever launched was MePay, Mobile Electronic Payments. Got it. It had the same concept. We had 100 days to launch it. And we built that from scratch, right? So... (laughs) 100 days. So this, the 100 days was really real. Yeah, the 100 days is real because (laughs) that's the second thing that we learned from Doi and the rest of the startups here that I would give advice to. If you can't execute in 100 days you have to be able to prove something in the 100-day span. Anything beyond that, you're already burning too much time or, or overthinking it. Anything below that, it might be too raw. 
and three the, months in a week. That's three months it. in a week, hundred day chunks, and by putting a timeline in there, it it really encapsulates the mission. And yep. I think that's what founders need to, and and everybody needs to understand that you can launch something and get it off the ground in a hundred days. Wow. So that's scary. That <laughs> and that's crazy, but that's so real. Yeah. Because if you're gonna rest in your laurels, oh yeah, let's delay the experiment, blah blah blah. And if you only had finite resources, and again, not because of scarcity, but because of of opportunities, you should grab that by the neck and mm. run with it. Yeah, it's a hundred day rule. It's a hundred day rule. There you go. So if you don't execute enough, you're you're. MVP, yeah, you know, dude, you're too slow. Yep. And I think that's where it opportunity and the rest of the market catches up. So we always do hundred day plans and I, I guess we didn't invent it. Rocket Fuel uses the same model. Right. Uh, the Gojek group also uses, you know, yeah. somewhat of a similar model in the Tencent group and all of that. So I would say it's it's not it's 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 really the formula, right? Got it. Launch something in a hundred days and keep launching and keep launching. Got it. Now, how did you grow it? Because again, you, there's several pivots, and you guys went through a little bit of a dogfight with your competitor too. How did you break through that and got your traction for PayMaya? Because people got it right away, but I'm not sure, especially in products like apps. Mm. Customer acquisition is so expensive. Versus the lifetime value, and especially with retention, you know, mm-hmm. why would I keep using this if there's so many other apps that I can use, you know, and what I can? You're fighting for attention. How did it become an essential app now? So I would say the first thing that we did was was we really looked at an insight, and I would always go back here. Uh, we interviewed a couple of people in the province. I think this was in Bicol. Okay. Wow. This was in Bicol, and um, when they book flights, they would go to this house. Uh, this was a, a small town in Bicol, and there's this house in the middle. Okay. And everybody would go there because that's the only house with a credit card. No way. No joke. This is. I hope you had high credit Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a community credit card. It's a community credit oh card, and God. they would pay this person cash before they can book a flight. Oh, no fucking way. So that was the genesis of PayMaya version one. Wow. Shop online without a credit card. That's how we launched it. Yeah, and that's the value proposition. That's the value proposition. And we had got to it. hinge it on just one value proposition. Got just it. to be able to to make it go through. And uh people think that, yeah, you know, it's all about the app and the product. No, it it's the ability to be able we timed it for you to be able to book a flight, which is a seat sale during that time. Imagine to be able to book a flight within 10 minutes. Wow. That that was our main value proposition. In 10 minutes, I can download the app. I can load yep. money into it. I can turn on the virtual card. And yep. I can do, I can participate in a seat sale. That is amazing. Now, what were the early growth hacks again? So shout out to, uh, hi. Hi, um, Anne. Hi, Anne. Um, <laughs> whatever you can divulge, uh, <laughs> we're not going to get in trouble. How did you... Grow PayMaya to X amount of, or what were the metrics you were, or okay, not the metrics that you're gonna get, I'm gonna get killed. Um, how did you grow it to generate enough traction fast? So, the funny thing is, there is a formula, and I, I actually had to learn it, right? Okay. So, 
everything, all the big data stuff that I learned before, I really thought I had it and all. Mm-hmm. None of them applied. Zero. In the Philippines. In the Philippines. Zero. Wow. The people are, are the rules are different. Okay. It's just different, right? So the frameworks are the same, but the rules and how you acquire users are different. Got it. And I would say if you're starting off, always start off with partnerships. Yes. Always start off with partnerships. Okay. And obviously we were lucky because we were partnering with our big brother, smart right. and field. That's, that's mm-hmm. how you get your first thousand users to use it. Got it. And then before you even spend a little bit of money, you need to make sure that people are actually using it. Okay. Uh, we call it product, you know, product market fit. Yes. So the product market fit. Every is startup real. <laughs> wants this shit, right? Yeah. So the product market fit is real. Uh, it's when you know you interview ten people and four of them say, "Yep, this is a really useful. I'm gonna yep. hate you if if you actually do this and and pull it." Sean Ellis formula. Sean Ellis yeah. formula. So yep. we were following it to a T. Uh, obviously the the numbers change and and we were just yeah it's comfortable let's go launch it already Got and it. that's where we started start off with partnerships uh, make sure that you have enough backers and and be able to build a network first mm-hmm. before launching it and make sure you talk to your customers but in terms of budget I'm pretty sure you didn't have that much budget yet because the partnerships was where you're grasping on per se to get that early traction right this this didn't have the university of phoenix no budget <laughs> back then right so what's funny is like our first video what what <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah, so our vision video. So that's the first thing that you invest on. You always invest on a vision video, a really good, well-produced vision video that, because at the end of the day, what you need are more people believing in your product. Why is that so important? I mean, everybody does videos, AVP. I have this fucking peg. Like, it's a vector. This is blah, blah, blah. He is doing da, 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 da. And you know his, da, da, da. I've done BOs for several and fucking embarrassing. But yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. the vision video is a two-minute pitch deck. It gives people an understanding what you guys are trying to complete. And I, I think people miss that. Uh, most of the time when we go to, you know, idea space and, and, you know, I, I speak to a couple of, you know, very, very inspirational founders and right. when you speak to them, their story comes out. Of course. Similar to what we do here in Hasselshire. Yeah. But when you talk to them is great, but what if the founder isn't there? How do you spread yes. the message? How do it has you, to resonate. Yeah. How do you Got get it. the person to do it? What if the founder is also, you know, doesn't like the spotlight, like Doi Vea and all Got of that. It. So you need to be able to create a video. And I think that's the best 200,000 peso investment that we did. Because that's where we got people to believe in in the PayMaya brand. How long did you use that video for? Oh, we still use it. Wow, <laughs> we still use it. We updated it with a couple of our products right. here and there, but and we not still the employees that resigned. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're still there. Oh wow! <laughs> so they're a gap yeah, of fifteen yeah. years in Voyager. Right there. You know what's funny is is when we were shooting that video. You know, some of our products on the PayMaya business, PayMaya right, enterprise right. merchant, you know, merchant side. Mm. Uh, our terminals, the ones that you see in McDonald's right, and all right. of that, the, the version one in the video was a calculator. No way. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so. A scientific calculator. <laughs> what? That so, is amazing. So that's where it all started. But So see, guys, even big companies 
have to pull up startup moves mm-hmm. to get this done. It's not just us doing it. But again, the beauty of it is that what we were talking about here is that it's something that successfully scales. Because a lot of us, a lot of it, again, it's it's actually just a majority of the time how, how I see startups. And I'm guilty of this too, a lot. I think of growth hacks as just like chambas. Oh, it makes sense. But oh. I don't know majority of the time how to keep going. If, if I see a blip, oh, hockey stick, woo! And then I lose momentum. How do I keep going? But let's talk about that more when we do uh, a deep dive and ha- when you pay it forward yep. to the rest of the guys. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with GCash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. 
not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor Dragon Pay is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break for the final part with Raymond Villanueva. Oh my God, I'm I'm so blown away. If you can see me right now, majority of the time my 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 jaw my mouth is open. Like what the fuck am I learning here? If you're not learning. At this point, there's something wrong with you, bro. I'm just kidding. But okay, Raymond, you mentioned that you know you've now grown all these uh, the paymayas and, and and whatnot to to what it is now. Let's talk about the hard part. Um, what were the challenges for paymaya and uh, that, that you had to encounter uh, before you now hit this another hockey stick? Because you're everywhere. The reason, guys, Raymond is here. I ate in Estancia Mall. There's this. Uh, Little like uh, food court there. I was like, "Wow, this this is my Vikings. I'm hungry as shit, right?" And then I come in. I'm trying to get my food, and they don't accept it. Like this, all just pay Maya terminals. Like who's behind these? Why is pay Maya everywhere? And I had to find. I had to hit up my friends like Nick Wojcicki and whatnot. Like who's behind all of this? This is a great job, <laughs> and it's like really adapting. Everybody that ate in that food court. Ate through Paymaya. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't eat the Maya, but uh, we ate through Paymaya. <laughs> but before you got to this point, there's gotta be some hard shit. Just like every one of us in startup land, in yep. startup PH land, whatever, yeah, we went through shit. Oh man! Right? But with, oh, without divulging man. too much in whatnot, whatever you're allowed to say, how how hard did it get, and what did you do to make it through those rough times? Oh man! So couple of things you will go through hard shit. Um, I would say that, you know, your first thousand users, first 10,000 users, right. that's going to be easy to get Yep. because there's always people that yep. will actually use you. The hardest part about every product build yep. is the scale. Uh-huh. How do you scale? And I think that's where people actually trip up. Um, yep. I also have a, a smaller, you know, content marketing agency with my with my younger brother, and right. he's going through it right now. How do I scale? How do I expand? You know, what do I pursue? And yeah. I think we went through that for a good couple of years. Uh, we came from a very innovation focused type of company, wherein, you know product after product, release mm. after release, mm. you know, new idea after new idea. And then once it goes into scale mode, it, it yeah, changes. That's where people fuck up. That's it changes. Because no, majority of the time also, and I read this a lot, especially in this when I was studying growth hacking, people thought or people think that they real have 
product market fit. Whereas they don't and they scale prematurely or they scale with, with a flimsy product and then everything goes to shit. Right? For 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 you guys, how did you go through those those rough times? So I would say the product market fit also shifts. That's one thing I want to give a tip to. Um, okay. It changes year after year. Because what you thought is a product market fit this year completely changes next year. So you have to run it every year. You have to be able to run it every year because your hero feature, which you thought was great, yeah, yeah. could have been addressed by something else, by a market force. by True, true. So you have to be able to understand what that is. And I, I, I'm not going to claim that, you know, the... It was just the the whole thing being there, and right. it's the team behind it, right? There's True. there's it's not just me. I I I'm actually the tip of the spear. I I make right. sure that it goes into the market. But you know, yeah. our product people, you know, these guys are the ones really thinking about it. Our business folks are really, yeah. you know, the payments experts underneath. And mm-hmm. I think the most difficult part is is making a bet. A bet. Yeah, the bet that this is how you're going to scale and this is the strategy you're going to pursue. Okay. Right. A couple of things here. Um, obviously, our competitor is in a different strategy. They're really mm. primarily focused on the consumer side. Yep. Um, we have three lines of business. Okay. We have the consumer side, the merchant side, and also the the branch remittance side yeah. of Smart Padala. We have three brands that, you know, this was it. Okay. Obviously, with you know same number of people, almost mm-hmm. it's ours. Consumer side was a little bit slower than than the other guys, and plus everything we built, we built in house. Yeah, this wasn't just like outsourced somewhere with just, and that's what that's what I like. I mean, there's this always the the startup piece, the Filipino code in there. Oh yeah, and the Filipino hustle. Because again, we need more wins. And Voyager is, a, you know, it's at scale. You know, you have more resources. But dude, finding out what you had to go through now just puts more respect. I respect you already prior. Yeah. My God. No, because it's Filipino founder using Filipino people that built it with a Filipino brand. Imagine once Paymaya goes off to the other, I guess, beachheads yeah. or other. Right. Everybody will say, Exactly. <laughs> it's a piece of you yeah. in that product. Yeah, Galing Filipinas. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's something that we're really proud of. Like, you know, people think that, you know, it, it was imported or the technology oh. was imported. So when we launched it, the first thing that we needed to do, and this is actually the year per year formula, and I'll give it out to your users, right? right? When you come out, you have to look like there's an allure towards you. Aspiration. Aspirational. And I actually picked it up from one of the best marketers in this country, um, my fiance Chara Spedito. Yeah, shout out. But <laughs> you know, she gave me this tip and, and she always says mass follows class. And then I was I just never understood it coming from the US. I was like, what the hell? What does that mean? Yeah. So when we launched Paymaya, it really looked like it was an international company coming in. Absolutely. And we purposely hid everything about it just to make it seem like that. So that's year number one. Then year number two, you're starting to go mainstream. Year number three, you're starting to go mainstream. And then right now, we launched the Don't Pay Cash Me Maya, and it's Dude. like Eraserhead's Ligaya song. That, yeah. that, that's going mainstream right, already, right? right? right. So, 
and that that's there there is a formula towards it right the first mm. year is make you know launch as a international company or really really heavy to get your first thousand gotcha. core users got it so in the u.s it's you know, 10,000 to to 100,000 core right. users. Here in the Philippines, I think 10,000 users are great. Now. Yeah. Okay, now, that means core users. Second year, you build your partnerships. You build your B2B business. Got it. Yeah. Year three, you expand. Basically, you build beachheads. You start going on the ground so that people visually see you. And then yeah, year four, you go. Tangible. Yeah. And then year right. four, you go mainstream. So, you know, those are the four phases that we went through. And I think that's just the, the the generic thing that I picked up when I was speaking to the other experts out there. Absolutely. And that that formula is something that we carry, you know, over and over. And I, I think Correct. it's we're still in that track. And it will never die. And I, I learned this and I, I have to double down. I learned this through nightlife. That was my <laughs> app. Everybody had their best foot forward when mm-hmm. they go out. Of course. Matter, it doesn't matter if you're, you're ugly as shit. Yeah. You will fucking dress up and make it look like you're a fucking millionaire. Yep. Right? And the clubs are built that way. Mm-hmm. That they're super class. That there's the guest list. That there's, there's private VIPs. Oh, and people the are private really to, betas. Yes. You know, that you're going to pay top dollar just to be seen in that crowd. Uh-huh. Even if you don't have a table, you don't have beer. <laughs> but absolutely correct. So, so yeah. you, how long do you ride that wave until you reach out, though? That's what I know. Because if you become too exclusive, then, you know, what, what happens? What, what's the trigger points for you to start so reaching out? For us, it, it was always uh, milestones and numbers. And I, I actually picked it up from, from the gap, right? Yeah. You know, once you have 100,000 users, you go to the next. So it was always... So it's metrics-driven still. Always metrics-driven. But do the metrics change on each, on each milestone, per se? What are what are the things that you should look out for in a generic uh, scheme of things? So, you know, people always mistake that you know acquisition is is always key. Right. Uh, you know, new users, Finance, whatever. Right. No, because I I love it. I always hear it. You know, most of the people in the Philippines invest in in vanity numbers, vanity metrics, and it's fine. I actually think that it's important. Uh, oh. I would be the first performance marketer and startup person that says, you know what? Vanity metrics matter. Why? Because when you're trying to get that investment, <laughs> sure. you better have Absolutely. <laughs> you got to flaunt that shit, bro. That's God. what it is. No, God. but it's true. It, it, again, you have to be beautiful inside and out. Because yes. majority of the time, we focus so much on how we look outside, but if you fucking look inside, it's a hollow piece of shit. <laughs> right? You're all over the place. Yeah, so right? the other thing is you got to scale fast. When you scale fast, sometimes you... Manomatic. Oh my God. Damn it. Manomatic then. And I think that's, you know, every startup goes through it. And then, right. you know, by now everything is, is almost automated. Correct. So that's, that's the fun part of it. Right. right. It's, it's, it's solving real things, but we got to stay true to the mission, right? Yeah. Because the, the strategy that you and your, your startup founders actually choose and, and everybody, you guys choose it four years ago. Yeah. The strategies that we're executing right now is what we mapped out four years ago. Wow. So everything in here, like the, the Don't Pay Cash Pay Maya campaign, and then you know, shout out to our agency that built that. Wow. We kept it for almost two years. That was just right in their back pocket. 
Yeah, we never launched it because we knew wow. our product wasn't ready. We didn't have enough. Uh, we didn't have enough buzz to be able to right. to get that off the ground, and it's timing, right? It, and when I say milestones, that's where you have to stay true. Okay. And don't get me wrong, you're gonna get pressures, and absolutely. As, and as founders and and as people who manage these as mancoms and yeah. as people, you're gonna get swayed to make decisions right. that you are uncomfortable with it, but you have to stay true to your to your battle plan. Got it. And the battle plan was consistent all for the four years, and then now we're just going through the next page of our battle plan. Okay, now let's try to pay it forward. Now you're you're, you're well into this like portions of four year plan and whatnot. Couple things. What skills do you need to develop in each segment or each 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 each, each year per se? And what resources do you suggest that? the founders use or the marketers use to make that work. Okay. Number one, you need somebody that understands the numbers. I, I think that's the most underutilized thing. And and people say that they check numbers. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between checking the numbers that are available to you. Got and then there's a difference between you getting more platforms so that you get more numbers. Yes. So investing in in the analytics part of it is important. But the the issue that analytics teams and and numbers is that you get lost in so many of them. Correct. One of the biggest tips that I always tell everyone is that numbers stay consistent, right? Just as long as they're consistent and just as long as you can make a decision out of it, it doesn't have to be accurate. Got it. And people mistake analytics as accounting. In accounting, I say you have to be like to the dollar accurate. Mm. Here, you don't have to chase accuracy. You need to chase the percent up and down. It's that. it's the the changes in the mentality towards it. And that's, I guess, the the most important thing for me is is the ability to make decisions out of the numbers. Correct, because you're not just saying, oh, okay, I have five hundred impressions, five hundred unique users. Now what? Mm-hmm. What you gonna do? Yep. Right. Because if you can't make a decision, and say, for example, I'm a podcaster and I see these numbers and the way I communicate doesn't give me a, an effect or because it's a cause and effect kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you don't, if you see it and you don't do action on it, or if you don't know how to interpret, it's useless. Oh, accurate. Yep. Yeah. And that's what, how you know it's a vanity metric. Yeah. If you're looking at a number and you can't do an action and it doesn't tell you what to do. That's a vanity metric right yeah. there. Oh, I have 500 lakhs. Oh, what the fuck now? So what? Right? So, <laughs> exactly. So the second part, though, I, I wanted to, yeah, this is the pay it forward part. Right. right? The pay Maya it forward part. There you uh, go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Free, the, the, we're, we're already giving premonitions <laughs> of shit to come. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second part is actually, it's it's more of a local thing. Okay. Um, in the U.S. and, and most, you know, Founders come from Western backgrounds and they read it. Mm. They don't realize the power of the brand. And I think that's very unique, though, in this in this region. It it still matters, man. It still matters. The power of the brand, you can measure it, right? It's do you have key opinion leaders actually using your product? Yes. If once the key opinion leaders use your product and say, you know what, that's actually pretty good. Then you're you're in a good part, right? That. But at the same time, you know, 
the reason why we had to change our brand so much is we understand the power of the brand. Uh, I mean, look at our bird. You know, yeah, the reason why we're bird. the green bird. It's fat, by the way. Now <laughs> it's a healthy one. <laughs> I like it. You know, uh, and there's a rationale behind it. The rationale behind it is we are a financial product. Okay, money, green is dollars. Yeah, or no, not. no, no. But technology, oh. both of them are scary to people. Ah. So, so to combat that mentality, we had to put the cutest underdog. <laughs> The cutest yes. underdog, the bird that you have no idea how this bird is flying. Right. And then, <laughs> that, that <laughs> like becomes... An, yeah, that fat bird and angry bird <laughs> and it just becomes a bomb. That's a, yeah, so, but it's so cute. Yeah, and that's the reason behind it. And, and it's all pre-thought about, right? And wow. we knew that we were going to launch it during year, year three because that's when you start going mainstream because that's when you exit the people who will use you because they need you and the people who just love technology, they call them the, the first adopters. Yeah, and now, yeah. once you go into mainstream, the battleground completely shifts. Correct. Yeah. And, it, and you're now competing. It's also, you have to have the artillery ready <laughs> because you're not just, you know, I'm going mainstream and I have fucking five bullets. Yeah. You gotta, again, scorch earth again. Yeah. No, I agree. And this right? time it's, it's, we picked it up from, from, our board and our investors, right. they really did teach us. And wow. I think that's one of the biggest learnings that I had. Uh, if you are lucky enough to be able to get in touch with people who have done it before, mm. you should. I, I, you should. Even just the way they present the numbers, what is important, yeah. how quickly they need it. You know, there was a time that we were doing meetings with them almost every two weeks. Wow. And what was the best advice you got from them that you can remember? Oh, man, you got to... Execution is key when you're scaling. Wow. Execution is key when you're scaling. Everything is in a roadmap. How did you put it into work when that's like, that's the most profound one that you can, you can execute. And again, people, there's this thing called hustle porn <laughs> that just because you're hustling or you're doing it, you think you're tired, you think you're getting somewhere, but mm. And we like to flaunt it. Oh, I'm working hard at uh, Cape, <laughs> whatever, blah, blah, blah. Just to show the fact that we're trying to hustle. Yeah. But the real hustle actually happens when the real output that you like comes out. Yep. And, and that usually is happening behind the scenes when nobody's fucking watching. And I think it's the first one is you need to make sure that your battle plan is drawn. I think that's one of the key things is you mapping out where you need to be at a specific time okay. is the most important thing that we learned from these guys. Got it. And they will, you know, they will go back to it and say, did you actually execute that? Were you Got there? It. Did you get there? And it's okay to make mistakes. Like, you know okay. what? We thought we were going to get there. We didn't. It's okay. But did you learn something? Did you move it to the next Pivot. milestone? Did All you right. actually... You actually do something to make sure that you're in the next levels, and I, I think that's that's key. Execution battle map. Uh, that's that's what it's for. Now you talk about battle. You can't go to battle without the soldiers and the generals. <laughs> Who should you bring to battle with, and what are the types of people you should go to battle with? So I would say you should go with people that are experts in their fields, and okay. and that's where it scales. And and to the founders out there. Never think that you're the best one. Okay. 
always surround yourself with the experts. Now, what if, I mean, your founders, we have finite resources, very limited resources majority of the time. How do you develop people who are not there yet? Okay. And what are the things you make them learn? Like, is there books that you need to learn? So, is there yeah. resources that they need to learn so that, you know, some people you just have to bet on potential first. Yeah, of course. And then eventually, like, okay, take a chance, like someone did with to all me, of us. Yeah, to me, right? to you. Yeah, right? no, I, I would. How, how would you mentor them and mold them so that they'll eventually get there? Okay, so piece of advice. Um, read a lot always look at the best practices and make sure that you're joining all the newsletters but also make sure that you're reading the market got it the philippines vietnam thailand indonesia are creating new best practices that True. the first world doesn't even know about correct and that's what i said i don't when i came back if i had held my head up way too high and i said yeah. you know what i'm going to keep pounding on this big data thing right and programmatic buying and all of yeah. that. And then it, I, I'm just not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And I think the humility to say that I know nothing okay. is going to be one of the best advice I would give because right. you need to be able to listen to the people who are also here. Okay. There's a reason why, you know, the real marketers who have built brands before, that's, yeah. you need to pick up lessons from them because how would you build a brand from scratch in an emerging market? You can't do it with all your growth hacking, et cetera. Yeah. You need to be able to talk to the people who have done it before. How did they do it? What did they do? And I think there's some part of it is being able to, to talk to the right people. Right. The other part is make sure that you're also bringing in something new. True. Because whatever they're doing... You is, don't copy verbatim, yeah. right? Of course, of course. So whatever expertise that you have, you bring it in, but you localize it. Correct. Because the Philippines and the Vietnam, and I mentioned earlier, is ripe for innovation. Yes, the we're battlefield. This is a green pasture that yeah. nobody is. It's not scorched yet. Yeah, at least. And and I think it's fun because we, you know, and the rest of the startups that pop the cherry to the investments in the Philippines. Thank you, guys. Thank you, you guys. You opened up the tech industry yeah. in the Philippines, and I think Voyager, you know, receiving Good. the biggest tech invest. Tech investment in Philippine Congratulations history. Congratulations again. Shout out. Yeah. We're yeah. really proud of that. And, yes. and I think that's, it popped the cherry and it yep. opened up the country to be able to be noticed. Yep. So, and again, it sets a, a, the right precedent as well. Mm -hmm. that not, oh, wow. Someone's willing to bet that big on the Philippines. So oh, yeah. that that's great. Now, last few questions before we wrap this baby up. What are your favorite tools to use? Because again, you talk about battle. You can't go in there barehanded, right? Like ah. you, you gotta have swords or whatever you're gonna like. I don't know, a machine gun or yeah. whatever. I got some new ones that I really like. Mm. Um, to the app builders out there, Apps Flyer is a requirement. I think most big apps use it. Apps Flyer gives you app analytics on your acquisition. It wow. makes you, you know, choose the right acquisition channels, how much you're investing in it. And Is it a free or a premium? It's a premium product. Uh, hey, invest in it. You want metrics? Get the right ones. Yeah, invest right. in it. Uh, mm. But you need to be in a certain scale before you get it. Ah. Yeah, the next one is actually coming from the engagement, the app engagement tools. Okay. Um, before building all the tools of app engagement and inbox and you know push messaging and all of right. that, there's there's some things out of the box already. Wow. 
So the the you know we were choosing between three, and these okay. are the best ones. I I from the research that we did right, right. And, and the people that we asked, Lean Plum, Clever Tap, and Braze. Uh, we ended up with Clever Tap. Uh, okay. It's the same guys being used by Gojek. No way. Yeah. So unicorn. Yeah. So oh my god. They're they're great. They're they're really really great. And okay. I you know. Ping me if you want. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be on the show notes as well. Oh, yeah. okay. If you want connection again, we'll, we'll also uh, probably if you want, we can put your email or whatnot. So that my LinkedIn. Go. Okay, or your LinkedIn. Yeah, there my LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but CleverTap is great because it gives us app analytics. Awesome. So what's app? What's happening inside the app? I would actually, nice. uh, and then creates automation in there. Wow. So the automation of like if somebody did this, automatically send them this SMS. It's like an if else kind of thing. Yeah, and wow. I, I think that's what's important because yeah. that's how you scale. So you don't have to always do you know five Manual, people right. always setting these right, things up, right. and then you can predict the behavior and have a ready uh, automation to get that done. Yeah. So okay. in in Voyager and PayMaya, we call it nudges, automated nudge, because you're nudging Got a customer it. to do a next action. Uh, yes. In the traditional world or, or really the industry, it's they're called journeys, you know, automated journeys and automation and all of that. So it really yeah. depends on what term people use. I don't think they've okay. they've fixed the term yet. Okay. So those are the tools. I, I, I they're particularly easy to find. And right. I think it's gonna be helpful for those that are building apps. And this to be honest, this is the first time I've ever heard of it. And it's great because most of the time they always go for the normal ah, I'll go to the hootsuit. All right. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, they're great. They're great tools. But you want to equip yourself with weapons that nobody else has or not a lot of people use. Yeah. So if you're you if you made it all the way to this part of the show good news for you because you have new again it's going to be in the show notes so that's great last question before you you went through a lot of rough times too what's your secret in pushing through because ah. this is not just again it's not chamba i don't believe in chamba everything is intentional and you yeah. don't get to the top of the ladder by having fluke on fluke on fluke yeah right what was your what was the id what was that pushing you through to, uh, to, to get here? This is something entirely personal. And I, I think not everyone thinks the same way. Um, and noted on that, I think the most, the thing that drives me is chasing the, the struggle. I, I really do like the struggle because the most happy parts, you know, very happy parts of my life was I was living in a couch and then I was able to buy a $3,000 car. Wow. Just, you know, it's, it's this feeling of, yes, I'm, I'm growing, I'm mutating, I'm, I'm getting better at it. And it's not the car that gave me the happiness. It's the, I, I grew. And I think if you position your growth, if you position your happiness when you're, 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 you're chasing growth, you're chasing struggles, then you're putting yourself into situations wherein it's harder because your happiness is hinged on being able to get the rate of growth. Right. I, I think that's a very unique thing, and that's why... I've never met anyone like this. <laughs> Dude, you were successful. I, I hustled so hard because I had I didn't get any... And then, my again, I had a similar thing when I finally sold Chatbot BH. No, I know. Congratulations. And I bought my mom a house. 
See, that was the most special thing I've ever. If 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 push comes to shove and I die later or whatever, <laughs> Let's hold I knew. Uh, please not. Please, I have more podcasts. <laughs> no, um, that was it. But if you ask me if I'm gonna go willing to go back and risk it all again, I'd be scared. Ah, but see, the chase of the struggle is is the motivation. I think there's there's a certain level of appreciation wherein the hardships that you face gives you the more creativity to come out sure. and all of that. And I think it's a mindset of being able to chase the struggle to to get there. And I think it also comes from us very lucky growing up. Yeah. So I had to chase talaga. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's the mindset of the reward. But that's it, special. It's that's... never about the money too because the money will come. And, and people always think that, yeah, people are chasing the money to get comfortable and all that. I mean, look at the best founders out there. They're really not motivated by the money. They're yeah. they're motivated by something else in between. Correct. And money is a result. It's a score. Right. right? The, it's a score to be able to do more. It's a score to be able to scale. And if you're chasing money, I think you're going to have a hard time succeeding, especially in emerging markets. True. Because, you know, someone will always have deeper pockets. Oh, of course. Someone will always have a better team. Yes. And whatnot. But it's the core that will yeah. push you through. Okay. Okay. Again, thank you very much, Raymond. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, invite over. What's next for Paymai, and what should they look out for? So uh, this is the the part wherein I would, you know, me knowing all the plans on marketing. Yes. <laughs> now is the best time to have a Paymai. There you oh go. Oh my God, the stuff that we have cooked up. I I would say that it is much better rewards than any of your payment cards. Imaginable. Dude, so I have it on my phone. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm good. I'm in the clear. <laughs> All right, we good. So in and this, it's Christmas season. Remember? Oh, oh. yeah. And this right. is the very few times I would say that if you wanna be able to, you know, get rewards when you do shopping and all of yeah. that, this is the best time to do it. There and you it, go. It's gonna get even better. And your QR codes are everywhere too. Yeah. Every fucking where. Like, yeah. oh shoot, they my right there. Yeah, the green yeah, bird, man. Yep. <laughs> I see. Mm, I know those guys. And again. Testament to your work. I if if I hadn't went gone through that 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 Vikings thing, like holy shit, everywhere. There's like I don't know a dozen food uh, food concessioners there, and they won't accept my fucking cash. Yeah, don't Only pay cash. Pay my. Yeah, there you go. Pay my. But it's it's the team. That's one thing I would just say. Okay. So, gotta build the right team. Yep. Team Absolutely. brings it. Yes. Team brings it. All right. So again, thank you very much, Raymond. But for before we let this baby go, um, please don't forget to follow us in whatever podcast app that you're listening to. And again, if you want to check out the show notes, just go to hustleshare.com. And if you want to know who we're going to have next on the show, please go to the Hustle Share community on Facebook. And don't forget to message us on our Hustle Share chatbot powered by chatbotph on m.me slash chatbotph. And don't forget to also support all the other Pinoy podcasters on podcastnetwork.asia. We have a collaboration with Kumu. So make sure you also watch the exclusive live stream before we even release the episodes right there. And again, thank you very much, Raymond. Thank you. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.